0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. I mean, truth be told, and I'll be like completely vulnerable, I feel like sometimes this industry can be very hard and can be very cold. And it makes you in turn want to become those things. And I think that that's like antithetical to almost the recipe of what we do, right? Um, which requires a lot of joy and a lot of passion a lot of fun and freedom Um, and so learning to stay soft in a callous world is the challenge
0: There's some damsels in the DMs. DMs. you? Hey, uh, please tell us what's the vibe? DMs, DMs. DMs. <laughs> yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's
2: going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I am Lauren.
0: And I'm Alejandro.
2: But Alejandro, how are you doing?
0: How am I doing? Yeah. Grateful and groovy. I, I usually—that's my typical response whenever I'm asked that question. And I feel like it's very appropriate. Now I had today was just wild. Like I got two requests for some audition tapes. I was kind of like, oh my god, how am I gonna do this? And you are your new agent. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, that's great. That.
0: It was cool because it was—it reminded me of how fun yoga is. I haven't. Mm. I'll do. Did it, did it
2: revolve around yoga?
0: Yeah. One was like a. a physical fitness or like a physical therapy like APP sort of uh, commercial and I had to like do some improv like exercises with like dumbbells yoga whatever. And like the dumbbells i'll do regularly but yoga I kind of let fall by the wayside and yeah just getting into it back again and today I was just like oh this let me let me incorporate this into my morning routine which i'm not so good at being so disciplined at, but how are you? <laughs> you know, it's so
2: funny that you're doing yoga because you know what your old friend, Lori did the other day for one of her auditions. What happened? She brought old Brian and Ernie to the subway because I wanted to record my audition in the subway. Okay. Um, I know uh, I'm a crazy person because, <laughs> because the director was, it's a old play and he wanted like a new take on a character And he was talking about how like this character would be doing it at um, 42nd street that she's there like trying to entertain people at the subway. And I was like, you know, if I stand in front of my self tape backdrop, like I'm not gonna have that like same kind of frantic energy that you do when you're at the subway. So Mm -hmm. I like put my blazer down on the ground in the subway and made Brian, I took the mics that I bought for the red carpet, uh, clipped it on, put it in my phone, and uh made brian sit there holding the phone as i went and did my little monologue
0: i love it that's so cool ah uh, my first reaction was like well what do you do about the volume but i mean that has to be like an easy fix the mic
2: that's why that's because the, the, yeah. the mic is the mics are amazing i mean really like they elevate the sound so much it's insane like It was horrible sound. Brian couldn't hear a word I was saying. And the same with my friend Ola when we were recording the red carpet interviews at Cannes. And unreal. Really changes the game. I
0: love them. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because we will be seeing the damsels at an upcoming Nosotros event. Nosotros is... An advocacy organization that stands for Latinos in the entertainment industry, and they're doing a pride event on June 27th is when the Nosotros event is taking place. June 28th is when Tonatio's event for This Is About Humanity is taking place, which maybe there's an opportunity for us to bring the damsels there and you know explore what's going on and share with our listeners but
2: yes we can definitely put the link in our bio i know somebody who's really good at putting links in our bios
0: already there if you want to click on the link in the bio you can find out more information about this is about humanity and today we have donatio Elise raras i had to sing it i don't know why when i first saw it it was just- you love it I love it. I absolutely love it. love it. You love <laughs>
2: it. And it sounds so beautiful. So I'm like, please continue.
0: <laughs> I mean, right. I need to create a whole melody for this intro bit just to introduce Donatio. I mean, what a talented storyteller and advocate for different communities, diverse communities, important communities that need voices like Donatio's to be able to elevate and create awareness for all that is going on. I mean, I had a feeling this is gonna be a very special episode. And I feel like I say this all the time, but this one was dope. I mean, damn! <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I feel like I learned a lot and everything that he spoke to. I mean, uh, my favorite part about this podcast is learning about people's very unique paths, you know? And what was particularly special about this one was how a DM influenced his success.
0: Uh, the power of DMs, how we celebrate that. We've been celebrating that here, but now its it's amazing to see that another person's experience solidifies and cements the significance of a dm so with that let's get into it oh my goodness today we have donatio elise raras hello 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 how are
1: you i'm doing well how are you
0: magical now that you're here finally we have you in our presence in our midst (laughs) (laughs) uh thank you so much for coming on though it's been a wild ride i'm sure of this year alone with the strikes that are happening with advocacy work that you're doing so i'm super super excited to get involved, not only in understanding your path as an actor, but also as an activist.
1: yeah no i'm happy to be here and you're right, it has been a nonstop go 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 for the world, I feel like no matter when we when whenever we start thinking that we, we're going to catch a break we end up. Uh, just having another battle to climb, but at least these thighs are going to look good climbing those battles, right? Yes.
2: yes. (laughs) So do you think that you could walk us through your background and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm a Los Angelino, born and raised. I come from a Mexican Nicaraguan family. And I don't know. Well, okay. So someone always asks me, like, how did I come to acting? And I'm like, well, as a queer femme kid growing up in Boyle Heights, I think your first acting job is to survive, right? Like, <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. No, really, truly, because, like, you have to learn how to code switch just as a means of survival, and I ended up just falling in love with, with theater. I think I started when I was in uh, my freshman year in high school, what and I just- What was your freshman play? The first play I ever did was The Diary of Anne Frank, Oh. but uh, I just remember, like, being on stage and, like, sobbing, like it was so moved by the fake reality that we created in the world. And it just opened me up to really having compassion to other people's stories. And um, I wanted to have that kind of impact in the world. I wanted to be able to change the way that we see each other and create a more empathetic and tolerant society by means of doing so. Um, and I also think theater and acting is subversive. And so like oftentimes we um. Spearhead culture uh, before it's popular, yeah,
2: so growing up in Boyle Heights, you've now been on an ABC show. You have a Netflix feature coming out. How does that feel for you? And also, when do you think things started to click for you?
1: Um honestly, it feels surreal. Um, I think because like there's two versions of like of that feeling. like there's the the day-to-day, which is just, okay, here's another audition, here's, you know, I've got to go do this, I've got to do that, and so it feels like, oh, yeah, I have a job now, like, so now I'm focusing on the work, the work, the work, and so, like, that part of it just feels like, great, another job, another job, let's go, let's go, you know, whatever, but the part where I actually get to sit into it and feel proud, um, last year on my birthday uh, in January, Um, I got a phone call from one of my castmates from Promised Land, Marielle, and she said, you have a birthday surprise. And I was like, what is it? And it was our billboard. Uh, They just, they had gone up um, to, you know, promote the show. And so I picked up my grandma and my mom who live not too far away from me. And they're like, what are are we doing? And I was just like, oh, I just want to take you guys out. And then I drove them to one of the billboards. Mm -hmm. Oh my So them the billboard and like my grandma was born in 1935 she's you know I mean she consumes tv but it's kind of like unheard of for that and my parents were both my parents and my grandmother are immigrants and so like that moment really felt where I was like oh wow this is something that I should be proud of and it's not just a job right yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's so special oh my goodness I trust there were tears of joy too
1: Um, Not from me. I was more so anxious because like my grandma, my grandma hates being filmed or photographed and my friends joined because I told them what I was going to do. And so they were constantly filming. (laughs) So she was just like, you know, Um, but afterwards for sure, there was, there was definitely some sentiment because I, those two women are some of the most important women in my life. And um, it just means a lot that their struggle um, as well as my own, but their struggle, like like my name like my work meant something for their like their struggle wasn't in vain if that makes sense
0: yeah Absolutely.
1: that was not eloquent but their struggle wasn't in vain was what I was trying to get to
0: what else do you think you learned from them
1: oh god um well they're different people so for my grandma there's a certain level of like tenacity and resilience like she's I mean, I could go, like, this whole podcast could just be on her story, and... um
0: Okay, we're here for it. Can it's just, it's
1: crazy. I mean, she, her life has just been so amazingly difficult, but beautiful at the same time, and she still has such levity and joy um and comedy, but she's super funny. I truly, I learned how to tell a joke because of her, um, Uh yeah. and my mom just... Dis- actually kind of similar now that I think about it the despite a lot of the hardships that's happened to her she's still soft like she's not hardened by the world and she sees a lot of good in everyone even people who've wronged her I feel like she still manages to see them for who they are and like forgives so easily because of like the love that she has in her heart
0: I feel like those are really valuable tools to carry especially in As tough of an industry as entertainment can be.
1: be Yeah, I I feel like, I mean, truth be told, and I'll be like completely vulnerable. I feel like sometimes this industry can be very hard and can be very cold. um, And it makes you in turn want to become those things. And I think that that's like antithetical to almost the recipe of what we do. Right. Um, Which requires a lot of joy and a lot of passion, a lot of fun and freedom. Um, And so learning to stay soft in a callous world um, is the challenge.
2: Yeah, well, don't people say that the odds of being struck by lightning are higher than being a successful actor?
1: Oh, gosh, (laughs) I did not hear that, but they're not wrong. (laughs) Statistically, that sounds right.
2: So given that that may or may not be true, what do you think you did well on the auditions for those opportunities? What do you think made those opportunities different from you know, ones that you maybe didn't book?
1: Um, well, this is just taking shots in the dark, truthfully, because I'm not in the minds of the people who decided to take a chance, right? Um, I think for Vida, what went well was, I was in a play. I was doing a play in uh, Atwater Village with the Echo Theater Company my the director of toe who's just one of the most beautiful lights in this world uh he cast me in a play where i was the only mexican drag queen in a filipino ladyboy massage parlor uh yeah fun it was lots of fun
0: yeah fun, yes. um
1: <laughs> and tanya Saracho, the showrunner for vida came the night before we closed and she sent me speaking of dms this is actually what i was going to bring up (laughs) later on but she sent me a dm via instagram saying what's your agent's information i wrote you apart whoa what that's so cool it was it was very cool but like you know i don't know like i had only been auditioning for about a year or two years in and i was just like yeah okay girl what casting couch are you trying to put me on you know because like you're sliding into my DMs offering me a role, so I was like, sure, we'll believe it when we see it. But you know, she's a woman of her word, and and you know, she you know Car- Carmen Cuba's office sent the sent the material the next day or like a two weeks later or something, and that turned into um, like one co-star role turned into a guest star role the next episode, which turned into six episodes the the next season, um, culminating in the Queer Senyera episode um which was great and then i think so the next big break was promised land and that one i was really unapologetically honest when i got offered the role i i was skeptical about taking it like i actually was considering not taking it um because i was i was really careful especially when it comes to queer stories and really Tender about how we're represented and what we're exploring. And I really wanted to see something I hadn't seen before, you know, and I want and because Antonio, the character I played was so he was like rejected and thrown thrown out by his family and thus became like the villainous character. I wanted to incorporate some psychology into it um, along the lines of Dr. Bernad Brown with her definition of shame versus guilt. So shame being I am wrong guilt, I did something wrong. I was like, oh, I wonder how a person would act when they're riddled with I am fundamentally wrong and thus internalize that betrayal to betray, to become the betrayer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I pitched that to to the showrunner on a phone call and Matt Lopez, who's amazing, just one of the most collaborative human beings I've ever met in my life. He was like, I love that pitch. Let's do it. And I was like, Cool. And of course, like, you know, I, like, it could have just been smoke and mirrors or whatever, like, but that man is, has such integrity. And, um, that's truly what we explored on that show. And for this last one, I think it was, this is I'll carry on. I can't give too much away, but I don't know. I just leaned into the reality of the story, you know, I'm trying to be sensitive because I don't want to do any spoilers, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of, really leaned into it and
0: I I love how sensitive you are to the creative process, but also so in tune on the emotional side of what the characters are experiencing and for you to fill in the blanks of the script with that strong sense of self and also awareness of the other. That's um, a really cool dance on eggshells that it seems like you're doing. And not only with the character but with those who are responsible for Mm. it.
1: Um, well um, I, I mean that's one of those things because like I think a lot of um I mean you obviously you don't know this because we this is our first time talking about like you know my my philosophy on acting and stuff, but I think uh-huh. I I originally had a, a scholarship to go to UCLA to study um political science with mm-hmm. a full ride and no financial aid whatsoever to go to USC because it's such a cheap school, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes, obviously. But yeah. I my whole mission was like I wanted to become an actor to create political change and so a lot of my alignment was what is going to push that there and so a lot of the conversations over the last 20 years um digitally has been like well what does representation look like and what does good hiring practices look like and what does like what is the responsibility of storytellers on a, on a national scale if not global right and so I I can't help to separate my politics from my work if that yeah. makes sense
2: no yeah what i was going to comment on was your courage and also your self-advocacy because i think in a time where we're talking about like writer strike and sag strike what i hear people saying is like oh well but how can i be asked not to work like i have a family to feed i have all of these things to feed and then you hear people saying but it's about like the long term and it's about the fact that the unions need to advocate for themselves and i think that you know, the problem and a lot of the reason that we are striking right now is because how desperate this career makes us feel. And we're just constantly striving for opportunity. So when an opportunity comes around for an actor, you feel like, oh, I must take it, of course. Like, this is my chance, this is my opportunity. And I just think that belief in yourself that you have and that willingness to advocate is something that all of us can take away.
1: Yeah, somebody once told me, you are it. You are the product you are it you are the 90 percent. your agent your manager that's 10 percent. you know what I mean like so you are it and you are the product so like when you come in with like I have value I am adding things to it I think that's really important it wasn't something that was natural to me truth be told like I think I had to learn it over the years and most importantly I've also had to learn how to advocate for myself with a gentle hand because I think that like I'll speak for myself, like coming, I was really bullied growing up, being like a femme brown kid. Um, And so to advocate for myself looked like fighting, Mm. right? To like defend or to protect, right? But that's like the opposite end of the pendulum swing and learning how to say, hey, like, actually, these are my thoughts. You know, take it or leave it. Or like, this is what I want, what I'm creating and inviting someone to the conversation to co-create with you is super important. But also knowing when to walk away when someone's giving you a crappy deal.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any kinds of roles that you're excited to take on next? Or are there certain projects or statements like that you would like to make within your work that you're hoping to take on?
1: Yeah, there's two. So it's funny, because I like, I hope it's not too transparent. But like, you guys did send an email earlier about like, some questions that you may ask. And I love the fact that you that you put, you phrased it, like manifestation in the email, because um, I feel like the roles that I have gotten almost a mirror what I'm currently experiencing in my life, or what I'm calling into my life. So at a time when I was looking to really express my feminine side and my uh, fun side, I got Marcos. In a time where I was looking to heal from, you know, wounds, or where I was looking to heal or to explore what masculinity looked like inside of my own body, I got, you know, Antonio. And so I'm like, as I'm going into this next step in my life, I'm like, oh, what am I calling in? And I am calling in like a great love.
2: Mm. I would
1: love to be in that world, you know, to find softness and nerves and excitement and a hero's journey, if that makes sense.
0: That's amazing, I'm a firm believer in manifestation and I think when we really are aligned with, you know, positive thinking and intention and even thinking outside of ourselves about the impact that we have on others, it's why, wi- I agree with you, it's wild how opportunities come into our paths and totally kind of fit what we're experiencing right in that moment in time that's so uh you're aligned you're aligned yeah exactly (laughs) it's
2: so funny because right before you came on alejandro was telling me about how the universe was answering my calls and how Mm -hmm. like opportunities were coming about and i was like but alejandro why are they like doing it all in the same day like couldn't they have like spread apart these calls a little bit it's like no you you answer when the universe calls and the other
0: thing too is like the universe has a funny sense of humor you know it's like we may ask for X, Y, Z, but then it's gonna give you LMNOP to see if you can handle all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we're more than capable, so,
1: you know. For sure we're it. more than capable, but girl, I don't order alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn.
2: That's the quote of the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> going back to like identity and um, a sense of belonging with community, um, are there any tips that you can offer listeners in terms of how they can advocate for different communities
1: to which they identify? in terms of like the industry or in terms of within their own community? Like how do you
0: I mean, either, whichever calls you most because I feel like you know based on what you've shared so far, I wonder what sort of advocacy work you're doing with the writer strike or with the actor strike. and then, you know, I know that you have, you support, this is about humanity. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more details about that, but also, you know, ways that others can get involved by tapping into certain identities and, you know, for sure. making a positive impact.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that we actually have, we, we have surprisingly large amounts of power as individuals. I, in I think my freshman year in college, one of my professors um, asked the question, asked us all the question, like, what is the blank experience? Like, what's the Tonatiu experience? Or what's the Alejandro experience, right? And so, like, and really think about, like, when people interact with you, what do you want them to come away from? Like, do they want you, like, did you inspire them? Or did you make them laugh? Did you make them feel comfortable? Were you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And oftentimes, what I've come to find is that, like, the things that I, as a person, am, like, looking to fill or, like, looking to grow through is, like, the world can be quite lonely sometimes, and the world can feel like we're all putting on a strong face at times. And so, to like to show, to be able to show somebody support is as simple as like checking in, asking, and listening how somebody's day is going. You know, um, on a more global scale or like a larger scale, community-based things. I mean, if you identify as a certain way, and like let's say if you're into LGBTQIA activism. Um, there are so many organizations within your community, not even on a national level, but just in, like a local level that you can partake on, um, like the a local LGBTQ center. There's just like, I don't know, there's like so many different possibilities, or even like within your own job, assuming that you're outside of like, entertainment. Um, I know a lot of friends who started an LGBTQ chapter within their job to support one another. And in terms of like now larger activism, uh yeah I, I recently did start working with this is about humanity um it's a wonderful organization for those who are listening and don't know um that takes people from the industry down to the border um to see uh the shelters and meet folks who are seeking asylum um but are currently trapped in the asylum timeline um because they are owed a right to request asylum legally Um, but oftentimes that could take years. Um, But in particular, I got invited by uh, a friend, Ruben Garcia, uh, with them last month or two months ago. And they were focusing on LGBTQIA community. Like there's four shelters down there who specialize in that community. And when I went, it was just so... Like I've been in the immigration activism circle for quite some time and i try to help out whenever i can but it really like it hit home there was one trans and this is a like trigger warning of some violence so like if you are very easily like skip the next 30 seconds but like there was one trans uh woman who was really beaten up pretty badly to the point where she lost an eye oh my god and she fled from her hometown and they followed her through several States within Mexico. Um, cause there was like some, clearly some kind of vendetta. Um, Holy and it, so it's, it's, it's just, and it's wild to me because it's like, I know that all LGBTQ folk are marginalized. And I understand that also we're experiencing this weird neo homophobia, neo-fascism wave in this country, which is so bizarre considering how much progress we have done but just hearing their stories that i was like wow i am so ridiculously privileged like beyond you know Mm -hmm. and we we were i was chatting with them um afterwards a few of them and they were just laughing and still making the best of their day and you know I was just, like, again, it, I mean, I guess this seems to be a theme in this conversation, but the resiliency of, um, I guess, Latinx folk, because they're just, like, they're still, like, there, and they're just like, yeah, I'm waiting for my term, and they were optimistic about that, and I, it was super touching. But anyway, so that, that, that all to say, on uh, June 28th of this month, we are going to do a special Pride uh, event down at the border again, um, and we're going to... Uh, invite people from all four shelters to come we have a photographer carlos lopez who does all of the photographs for latin hollywood he's amazing um he's gonna come down with us and we're gonna um have some hair makeup people glam them up a little glam the asylum seekers up a little and take a photo a a portrait of them as they see themselves internally um yeah that way they can carry it with them and we're hoping i don't know if it's going to happen um, but we're hoping to raise like about twenty thousand dollars to get two full-time therapists um to stay there for a year to just mm-hmm. like give them some kind of like therapy and and to help them process some of the how much like really traumatic things that has happened to them,
2: yeah, um, yeah.
1: so yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited. That's, that's amazing. so
2: exciting. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah, well, it was, I want
0: to stay updated. I want to. Is it going to be like video footage, or is yeah. it just going to be like purely just the photograph content? Well,
1: or... we're still working on. Uh, we're still working on some of that. There usually is a photographer who comes on board with us to just like take footage of people there, and then the people who come on the trip, um, which both of you are welcome to come. Like I'm more than happy to extend an invitation. But the, everyone who comes, that we will have like the volunteer opportunities. So like I think last time we went, we made a bunch of cupcakes and. That one wasn't only specifically for LGBTQ folk. That one, we also like, we took all those cupcakes and dropped it off at like a shelter with a lot of families. Oh, and it was so cute. All these like cute little five to seven year olds are just like eating cupcakes. And one in particular was so funny because she was making fun of another girl because she had two. And (laughs) this girl had like like, stuff all over her face already and grabbed a new one. And I was like, well, what's that on your face? Did you already have one? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, what's the one in your hand? And she goes, "Um, it's for my brother. I was like, <laughs> it was so cute. Like, it's just nice.
2: What you're talking about with these people who have been through such trauma and are able to joke around, like, and still have a nice outlook on life, it reminds me I went to this emotional intelligence seminar at the Future Now conference um, here in New York. And what they were talking about was how people who are resilient use gratitude to get them through situations that are incredibly traumatic. And they were talking about these people who had been in Ukraine, and they were trying to get their families out of Ukraine. And, you know, it was a horrible situation. Like they they were living right on the border of Russia. So they knew it was going to be bombed. They had to get their family out of there. And it was the most devastating thing that had happened to them in their life. But they used gratitude to flip it around to say, but I have the money to get my family out of there. Mm-hmm. I have the resources to get my family out of there. So I feel like, um, you know, these people, have really been able to use gratitude as a way to get through this horrible situation that they're going through how have you been able to use gratitude to get yourself through situations in your life
1: well i don't know if this is like a direct answer to your question i think that so okay when i was like in my freshman year in high school i was in high school my freshman year in college i think i was still carrying a lot of narratives about who i was in the world Uh, by consequence of things that had happened to me. Mm -hmm. So like there's things that just happened, but then the narrative that we build on top of it is completely separate. And then we live in that narrative as if that thing is still happening, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, I don't know if I read it in a book or if like an intrusive thought was just actually quite positive, (laughs) but like my spirit said, I need you to buy a journal. And I need you to write a list of every person who has ever harmed you down. Just write it all down. Every person you can think of. And then I need you to go one by one and write everything that you're upset about them for. And then I need you to write everything that you did to them in retaliation. And like any negative thing. And then I need you to write every positive thing that happened because that person entered your life. whatever reason and then i need you to forgive them because the positive things wouldn't have happened if the negative things also weren't part of it and then the last part was i then you need to apologize for the things that you have done in return and i did that for everyone i did it from like my stepdad down to my childhood bully down to like the person who cut me off at the red light i was like you know screw you you know whatever (laughs) But I realized like there was a certain reframing that I had where it was like, it was unfortunate that some things happened in my life. But if they hadn't happened, I wouldn't have gone to the school that I did. I wouldn't have been able to go to the college that I did. I wouldn't have had the courage to pursue acting. I wouldn't have met such beautiful people. I wouldn't have had this experience. And so, like, my life wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for those negative things that also happened and so to a certain extent it's like almost saying thank you when things went wrong because we don't try to make things go wrong
2: Mm.
1: you know but we grow and pivot from it it's kind of like a piece of salt or sand inside of an oyster like that's how you grow a pearl because they're trying to protect themselves from the pain of the sand in their mouth Mm. i I love love that that example Mm -hmm. but i also love um
0: which you've already said too like the restructuring of an experience like the the way that you are describing it sounds like you're just building a road map toward gratitude while still not reframing the memory of an experience but just like really kind of identifying milestones in which life would not have been the same had that interaction not been there that happened yeah yeah
2: i'm glad i asked that question thank you for answering hey,
1: you're and being with you <laughs> <laughs> we are grateful for this question yeah. <laughs> i'm not being over here like rapunzel just let me take that hang and turn it into goldfish <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how in terms of you know restructuring certain things are there um healthy habits or morning routines that help you create like a structured day Ooh. or no, you're shaking your head man no i'll be honest
1: i'll be honest because i could front i could totally front right now and be like yes i do like seven kombuchas and walk a mile in the sahara desert um i do a yanni egg every morning like okay. no i no 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 i i truth be told i actually have lost a lot of my routines over the last few months um especially when i was shooting it was really hard to keep grounded but when i'm my best self <laughs> Because I can't say that I am right now. But I when I'm when I'm really aligned with my routines, yoga really helps me not being anywhere near my phone for the first hour of the day. Yeah. Super helpful. Cause like now my thumb is just like auto clicks on Instagram. It's ridiculous. I like journaling in the morning because sometimes like well I do like it sound this sounds a little bizarre, but I do um like I'll journal freely and then I'll reread it and then I'll circle things where I'm like is this true you know or like what evidence do I have of this or what are other op- like possibilities of this so like if for instance like oh i think my mom's mad at me it's just like a random thought like that i'll have or something and then like well is that true what evidence is that like and then what action can i take to see if that's true to investigate which is just like a simple call on me like hey mom i love you like what's going on you know like Yes, but instead of le- allowing my anxiety, like don't feed the anxieties, you know, interrogate them.
0: Totally. That reminds me of this was before I moved out here to LA, but I was still in Michigan. There was a writing coach that I crossed paths with. And one of the exercises that he encouraged at the beginning of, you know, either whatever you place it in your day is called looping, right? So you have like a few minutes where you're just kind of like free write journaling writing whatever comes to mind. Then you take a moment and um, and then you start loop one, and then loop one, you ask yourself, and you write down on the page, now that I've written about blank, I feel, and then you go on for like a few minutes writing about that. Then you take a moment, then you read the first portion, the second portion, and then you begin writing the third portion, which is technically loop two, and you begin the sentence with, now that I've written and read about blank I feel da 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 and it's supposed it really did help in terms of getting a deeper understanding of whatever it was at that time that I may have been struggling with like a writer's block mm. and I was able to like identify it was basically just me telling myself yeah what I really was wanting to write about and then it just kind of unfolded the origami of gray matter that we have up inside in our minds yeah
1: yeah, for sure yeah
2: yeah i'm curious because i kind of feel like similar to you right now in a phase of life where the routine has been thrown out the window and i'm not proud of myself and i agree with you that i'm a much better version of myself when i do have the routine but do you have like bare minimum things that you feel like you need to do when you are in a busy season or when you are on set
1: so I am, a, I am a little bit of a creature of habit and it's, it's to the point where like, it's a little OCD sometimes. So like if I'm on set, I'll normally walk in and I usually try to get there 15 minutes early. Um, just cause I, like an old teacher in my mind was like, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. Yeah. And so like, that's the mentality that I've kind of always kept. My personal life is a little separate, so sorry, friends, but (laughs) for work, I'm never going to be late. Um, So I I usually will show up and I have like a little, I create like a little altar. And so like, I have like a picture of my mom and me as a kid. Um, Like I have uh, incense or I'll have like a candle or things that smell good because I'm very like olfactory driven. And so I'll like, I'll light a candle and then I'll light an intention before starting and... I basically just, like, it's like a prayer, and it's just like saying, like, you know, I don't necessarily know how today's going to go, but I'm going to go in giving it my all, and I'm willing to leave at the door in my trailer my bullshit, because it has nothing to do with what we're trying to create here, right? And then um, I'll do, I usually carry, like, a cent with me per character, like, each character has a different, like, sensory thing to tap me in and I'll take a second and as I'm dressing like I'll put the scent on me and then off I go um so that's like my routine specifically for like acting work
2: how do you decide who gets which scent and which is the favorite scent
1: (laughs) you know and it's funny I don't ever use the scent again in my personal life no because I don't want to get in I don't want their crap on me yeah that's true but (laughs) I don't want it um no I don't know how I decided it just kind of comes like because like as I'm as I'm putting on the clothes I'm like oh like normally people put on cologne or a a specific type of deodorant um and it'll like you know get you like Antonio was this oil that I found at the Melrose trading post and like the it was like so old that like the oil had rubbed off like the the tag had rubbed off so I didn't even know what the name of it was so like I don't know I was just like there it is it's just for him (laughs)
2: please tell us about the funniest wildest most intriguing or inspirational dm that you have ever received
1: okay well the most inspiring one was the one that i told you earlier i think the wildest thing that ever happened is when i dm someone uh i d like there was this guy who like had a yacht or like a boat and like a bunch of like cool queer folk who like would go out onto the boat. And I was like, I added their Instagram account and I was like, yeah, this looks cool. And he goes, you want to come today? And I was like, yeah. That's and did you go? I did go. But honestly, children do not be going on random men's boats. No. We saw White well, Lotus. Damn, yeah, oh I know these gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> uh, well, no, these gays are just trying to have fun. But we—it okay. was great. It was awesome. Like we—we we had like such a lovely time. And and fortunately though, I did do a little due diligence because there was a bunch of mutual friends that we had in common. I was like, is this is this real, or am I gonna get like kidnapped? I mean, well, yeah, How did, did
0: you stumble th- upon the posts or the the yacht stuff in the first place?
1: Or was it through? I, I think course? it was like a suggested thing, or either that or like. So one of my friends got tagged, I don't really remember, this was like four or five years ago.
2: I was recently at Cannes and I- Cannes Film Festival? The film festival, yes. How was it? It was amazing, and um, my boyfriend and I were really fascinated by the yachts. So we were just like sitting outside, drinking, watching these people on their yachts. It's like a new type of you know people watching. Yeah. But we got like so into it that we were looking up the yacht, finding who owned the yacht, and then watching people basically like beg their way onto the yacht. It was like a whole new type of club promotion, and people they have like a chair outside the yacht where people take their shoes off before going on and people were like doing that who i don't think were invited onto the boat and then they were like begging these poor people who worked on the boat to come on yeah so it was like yeah people like knew about it on instagram or something that like i don't know that they were doing something but anyway we were like really monitoring this guy named vincent his yacht and vincent is like this older guy i don't know but people love his yacht i mean the, the amount of traffic that that guy was getting on his yacht
1: sponsored by vincent's yacht <laughs> yeah sponsored by
0: vincent's yacht that's it so oh, anyway wow. okay.
1: what's that sandra bullock movie speed two with where it's like a boat <gasps> running away love
0: that <laughs> uh, oh my god well speed one with keanu reeves my goodness that was crazy. yeah that was a
1: bus though right like an. Uh, that was a bus yeah, yeah that yeah. was a bus yeah yacht chasing i don't know that was a thing
2: yeah who knew who knew but i mean you've kind of engaged <laughs> in it right so <laughs>
1: Listen, I didn't chase, I just (laughs) simple DM and they said, come on board and I said, you know, like, (laughs) well, this
0: week's DM of the week asks, what are three reasons you like
1: your favorite color? Mm.
2: And do you have a favorite color?
0: Oh, yeah. What is your
1: favorite color first? Okay, growing up, it was orange because my class, my student, like my, my graduating class from high school was orange. But, and it was like just vibrant and fun. I would never wear it though. I look ridiculous in orange. I honestly think that recently I've been really attracted to like olive green, if you could not tell. Yeah. gorgeous green okay. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm a freaking Capricorn or it complements my skin tone or it creates a level of like calm and sereneness. But yeah, I think like a little olive green is the moment. And those are my reasons. And those are the reasons. Great. Right. Answer. There.
0: there we are. There we are. Well, can you please take a few minutes to review for our listeners not only the projects that are coming up that they can catch you in, but also how we can follow you and support this is about humanity?
1: And so yeah, things. absolutely. So um, in terms of uh future projects, we have uh carry-on, which is gonna come out on Netflix. Um, it's got an amazing cast, Jason Bateman, Taryn Edgerton. Um, Daniel Dedweiler Sophia Carson um, so it's pretty jam-packed it's a lot of fun um, I think that comes out at the end of this year uh, and then if you want to listen to some of my writing you can check out Love and Gravity uh, which is a, is a podcast uh, I'm, I think I'm episode three that's uh, Padrinas and yeah, that's so which cool. came out last year which came out last year and that's available on uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts mm-hmm. uh, what else Oh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter at I am donat Uh, but only follow me if you like dry jokes, uh political humor, and drag queens.
2: I like all those things. So
1: <laughs> Then jump, then come on board. Well,
2: thank you so much for being here. You were such a joy to talk to, and we are so grateful for you taking the time.
0: Yeah, I'm you are good. amazing. You are thank amazing. You. What a treat. Oh, <laughs>
2: All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs.
0: Well, don't forget to subscribe, to send us a review, to like any sort of content that we have on social media or on the podcast platforms that you listen to us at. And we are always ready for your DMs, your voicemails, your letters, everything. Tell us what's on your mind. Send us an interesting question
2: yes and we'll post who's coming on um, in the coming weeks so that you know who you're asking questions to and as Alejandro said please subscribe rate and review on all of your podcast platforms
0: rate and review please anyways uh,
2: alright everybody next
0: time <laughs>
2: down in the DMs bye
0: bye DMs DMs we don't need them we just leave them please yeah
2: It's going down in the DMs.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
2: on YouTube.